Hi, my name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. This month of February, for the rest of the month anyway, I am going to choose 23 of my favorite books written by black authors. I'm going to read one or two chapters from the book, and then I'm going to talk about the book. And this is a way to boost them up. Or if you are interested in purchasing one of their books, I will have the details and the information in the description of what I am reading. So I would like to thank you for listening to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. And if you are an author that you would like to share a story or you would like to, for me to read one or two chapters of your book to big people up or big you up on having people come and purchase your book, please reach out to me. All the information will be listed in the description. Peace. Hi. My name is Queen Zoya Counts, and today I will be reading Whisper Softly or You're Dead by Tony Bolton, book two of the series Men of Valor, Women of Steel. I ran across Tony on Twitter. I follow this writer's lift or this writer's community, and I ran across her, and she was promoting her book for others to read um, and to also go on and get it off of Amazon and read it. And I had put up a post about reading other people's stories, and then I would give you a a review, a good review to change your algorithm once I began to read your book. So Whisper Softly is a really good book. Um, I love it. I don't want to give away too much of it because I will be reading a few chapters of her book in order for others to go and purchase her book on amazon.com download it and read it so when i purchased the book and i started getting into the book the first thing that i noticed was the great reviews from this book one person said whoa this was such an inventive storyline as i went on i kept gasping at every new event there were so many twists and turns in this book it's crazy though not enough to distract from the storyline which i love i would highly recommend this book to anyone wishing to try it well-woven murder mystery i really enjoy this author this is a well-woven murder mystery with a serial killer The story kept me guessing as it flowed along. The relationship between Defoe and Kate was well-paced and complemented the mood of the story. The ending is well done. A definite read for lovers of this genre. So if you love reading great mystery books or books that are about serial killers and the relationships that they have with their victims... This is a really good start. And adding this book to your library, you will be so happy with the results. Whisper Softly or You're Dead. Prologue. Night fell. A single lamp lit the window. The moon outlined her figure, obscuring all but its silhouette only allowing his vivid imagination to feel in the details. She came to the window and drew the drapes close, forbidding him that last surreptitious glance at her. 
He shrugged and smiled. He could be patient. Soon, my love, and that beauty of yours will all be mine, he whispered to himself and left the observing place he'd made and the metal flowers in the garden. Chapter 1 Be careful you don't get what you wish for. It was an ordinary day at the office, a gray mid-February day with the same boring customers complaining about the same old things. The food in the canteen was bland, the typing dull and repetitive. Would anything break the monotony? Thought Mary Jane, looking at the clock for the 20th time that afternoon, she wished something exciting would happen. She would never leave this typing pool if her boss had her way. The old trout was buttoned up so tight she resented girls who were pretty and young and gave them the worst job she could find and hoped that they would leave. Mary Jane needed the money and would not be forced out. She had to support her invalid mother. Her mother moaned that she was wasted there, her beauty overlooked and hidden in that office. Why didn't she try to become a stewardess and find a husband? Mary Jane gritted her teeth and ignored her. Her mother became a housewife after her flying days was over, and she could not find a well-paid occupation. Her dad was a great provider, but he died, and the medical fees drained their savings. Mary Jane vowed to be different and make her own career and not rely on a man's good health. Friendly but broke, she barely went out studying hard so that she might secure a better job. She spurned her Cogley's invitations to party at night and earned the reputation of being a bit snobby and aloof. She wouldn't admit she couldn't afford the entrance to the nightclubs or the round of drinks. Her college fees drained her limited budget and her mother needed more drugs, which the insurance would not cover. If she gained an honors degree this year, she would enter the law admission test and study to become a lawyer. She might drag herself out of the grind and poverty she fought each day. She couldn't afford a gym but kept healthy walking the four miles there and back. Her codlies warned her the nights were drawing in. And if Mrs. Ramsbottom insisted she stayed late, she would walk along a dark, lonely road. Mrs. Ramsbottom kept her in the office more often now, but never offered her a lift home. Her prune-like face squashed up, her lips pursed. She smiled a smile that didn't reach her eyes. She said, it is a shame, but if you didn't watch the clock so much, you would get out earlier, Miss Linton. Crocodile tears, you old crone, thought Mary Jane as she typed the last letter and put on her comfy shoes. One day I'll leave here and tell you what I've achieved. Proving the old devil wrong was the best form of revenge, but now she had to make it home. She pulled on her old coat that had seen better days, but she was not out to impress anyone or to attract any man. She had nothing decent to wear, and many men expected women to go Dutch these days. She couldn't afford to pay for a good meal. She stepped out from the office, carefully locking it behind her, leaving nothing for Mrs. Ramsbottom to castigate her. It was dark, gray, and rain pelted down, dust drawing in earlier today because of the inclement weather. She stepped up her pace. She realized she would be lucky to arrive home before it was dark. She pulled the lapels up around her, hugging her face and neck, rain already dripping down her collar. Blast it! She'd forgotten her umbrella, having overslept that morning. The gods were not with her that day.
Pushing forward against the biting rain, she heard a rattle. She paused to glance behind her. It was the bus. She ran towards the stop, but the driver got there before her and pressed on, ignoring her. Damn him! She held the cab, but it was full, so she trudged on. It grew darker as she fought the increasingly fierce rain and wind which tried to force her back. One step forward and she was nearly blown back again, but she pushed on. A car slowed down alongside her, not stopping but keeping pace with her. Wanna lift? Asked the driver. I'm going as far as hell's good. She recognized him as a man who walked his dog in the park behind her apartment. Occasionally, she saw him outside her house looking in her garden. He smiled invitingly. She felt the warmth emitting from the open door, but she didn't feel comfortable in his company. His over-eagerness made her very uncomfortable. Why did he hang about her house but only ever smile at her? Better to be safe than sorry. She thanked him and let him speed out, looking disappointed. She plodded on, her damp clothes sticking to her now, and her sodden heavy coat dragging her down. She began to wish she'd been braver. She would take the next lift she was offered. This was a safe area with minimal burglaries and assaults. She heard a car behind her and slow down and stop. The window opened and a head peered out. She recognized this man. He was one of the men who lived in an apartment opposite the park, but he never spoke to her. She had seen him at the grocery store and he'd smile at her. You look awfully wet. I think we live quite close to each other. Can I offer you a lift to your home? Thanks. At this rate, she would be like a drowned rat if she walked the rest of the way home and would likely catch a chill. She was not paid for sick leave until her probationary period was over. She had dragged herself into the office even when she caught the flu. There was a towel behind her seat. Use it to dry her hair. She dried her hair and tied it up, this time feeling more human. Her rat's tails confined at last. Don't worry, you look great. He gave her an admiring glance. She smiled, feeling a little uncomfortable with this praise from a man she hardly knew. He looked the type who made friends easily, unlike herself. She was always cautious after she found her mother's girlfriends to be fair-weather friends. They ignored her after she became too ill to go out and socialize with them. Thanks, she said at length and stared at the wide screen. Work late, did you? I often have to. She could have bitten her tongue. His immediate response was, Here's my card. Ring me if you want to lift it any time. I often work late. What do you do? I work in a tenancy agency preparing and typing documents. She didn't offer the name as she wasn't sure of this man yet. He seemed nice, but there was something about him that put her on edge. My name is Dave Brent. I am an accountant, I often work late, and then go to the gym before collecting a carryout. Would you like to share a meal with me at my place before I take you home? Too fast. He is too eager. Why? He was a good-looking man, even handsome, with a tall, well-made, physique, and cool blue eyes and dark hair. Women should be chasing him. She wasn't that much of a catch with her old-fashioned clothes, home-cut hair, and the small amount of makeup allowed in her old-fashioned workplace. Sorry, I live with my sick mother and I must make her dinner when I get home. Thank God for that excuse. She knew he was waiting for her to ask him for dinner or to bring the carry out to her place, but she ignored the unnatural whiteness in his eyes and then the disappointment that replaced it. They were almost there, only five more minutes to drive. 
She should be safe at home soon and away from this creepy man. His eyes drifted dangerously off the road every few minutes, surveying her legs as her skirt shifted a little up her thighs. She pulled her hand down to cover more of her legs. His hand strayed a little from the wheel, but noticing her unease, he put it back in its place until he stopped at the end of her cul-de-sac. He turned to her and said, I don't suppose you would like to go to a show or to the movies with me or even dinner. I can't get out often. I have to plan weeks in advance to find a sitter. She knew it was a feeble excuse. He frowned, seeing through her deception. Perhaps we could have a night in then at your house if your mother goes to bed early. His arm had strayed around her shoulder and he pulled an escaping ringlet from across her face. Such pretty hair matches a pretty face. Thanks awfully, but my mother doesn't take the strangers easily. Perhaps you should introduce me now and let her get to know me over a cup of coffee. God, this guy doesn't give up. No way was he passing over her threshold. She would never get rid of him. She wriggled out of the reach of his arm and made to the open door. Thanks, but I'm afraid I can't. Why not? He said, now more insistent, putting his hand on her knee, making her skin crawl. She opened the door, but his hand moved across to hold it in place, refusing to let her out. You don't have any other guy dating you, do you? She was horrified. He must be watching her to know her movements. How often had her mom and teachers warned her about the dangers of taking lifts? I have a long-distance relationship with a guy from my hometown. We are going to be engaged soon, but we don't see each other very often. He can't be that keen if he really comes to see you. Let me try to change your mind, he said. Leaning over to steal a kiss, he didn't make it. His door was pulled open and he was yanked out of the car by the stroke of his neck, landing heavily and painfully on the tarmac outside. The lady said she didn't want to go out with you, stated a stranger. He held grit down on his foot with his arm folded behind his back and a foot strategically place to stop him from getting up. Apologize, and I'll let you leave unarmed. Avoid her in the future, or you will be hurt very badly. Sorry, ma'am, I didn't mean to take liberties and offend you, whined Grit, terrified by the look in the stranger's eyes. Net free, he scrambled up and hurried into his car, driving off in haste. The stranger showed his police badge and noted Grit's car number plate in a pocket notebook. Miss Litton, are you okay? You've had a nasty shock. He made no attempt to touch her, but took her heavy briefcase and led her through the foyer and ran up to her apartment door. I am Detective Raymond Chase. I've seen you about. I live near that guy and noticed he hung around your house and followed you in the grocery store. He did not follow her into her home. He was the perfect gentleman. I have his details, Miss Linton, and if he annoys you again, just phone your local precinct and I'll be down on him like a shot. Thanks, said Mary Jane. She shook his hand and let herself into her apartment. She felt shaky, her legs weak. She sat down in an easy chair before answering her mother's. Is that you, Mary Jane? Yes, Mom. She took off her wet shoes and wriggled her sore toes until life came back into them. She was so cold, her feet had turned blue. She thought of that policeman. He was so formal and professional and handsome, too, tall and broad shoulder. He had dark brown eyes that seemed to stare into her soul. He made her shiver when he held her arm and helped her up the stairs, her legs nearly giving way with the delayed shock. He had left his card should she need to contact him, but he was only interested in her for professional reasons, no romantic interest there. 
the only decent man she had met around here for miles, and he had to be a cop who distanced himself from her for work reasons. She took a cup of coffee and some pills into her mom's room. Puffing up the pillows, she made her mom comfortable and smiled at her. You look like a drowned rat. Did you walk home again? Yes, but I got a lift in the end. She admitted the creepy character not wanting to worry her mother, but she would not take another lift from a stranger for a very long time. I'm going to have dinner in the lounge, Mom. She pulled a microwavable meal out of the freezer and set the timer. She sat watching an old film starring Brad Pitt, wishing she could take the place of the heroine who caught her man. Slowly, she fell asleep, safe and warm. Outside, a football could be heard near the bushes at the end of the garden. He could see her, light on, but not her shape. He worried for her. A girl as innocent as that should not take lifts with strange men. She was safe this time, but next time might be different. He must look after her better, ward off the men who might take advantage of her until he was ready to claim her as his own. Soon, my sweetheart, he promised himself, soon you will be mine. You have just been listening to chapter one of Whisper Softly or You're Dead, Men of Valor, Women of Steel, book two. My name is Queen Zoya Counts. If you have a book that you would like for me to read or a few chapters of it to promote you on my podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is queenzoya at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter Raw Lioness, and I am also on Instagram as Raw Lioness as well. Thank you, and have a great evening.